Welcome back. You're listening to the Walk Around Knowledge Podcast with Lo Millie, where I break down topics I've learned while securing my legacy. Think about it as knowledge you should be armed with while you navigate through life. Let's take a walk. So welcome back to another episode. Last week, we discussed when I started to, you know, get recognized. I'm feeling myself. The validation comes. And, you know, this week, we're going to get a little heavy. You know, this week, we're going to talk about the time when I realized or I was notified, rather, that my father was sick and we were dealing with a situation that was terminal. Um, and so before we dive into that, cause I ain't trying to get all sad and shit too early. Um, I just want to set the stage, you know what I mean? Because I think it's very important for people who have just been through adversity or felt like they, you know, life was great and things were going well. And then something happened. It's just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Because that's, kind of how I felt, you know, um, at this time, I'm probably about a year and a half into building can't stay put, um, probably a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Like a year and a half or two into building can't stay put. I've gone on this people's choice trip to Iceland. I've gotten, you know, speaking engagements. I am, you know, advancing, you know, black travel, black thought, uh, black imagery within travel, you know, creating dope projects. I mean, the list goes on. Like I'm feeling like, you know, confident that my decision to quit my job, my decision to start this brand, my decision to dedicate this time to get into alignment was all, you know, really coming to fruition. Like I was really on the path to, you know, really be living a life that I created and that I loved. And so there was nothing in my mind or in my life that could have prepared me for what the next couple of years would yield itself to be, I guess. Um, So, yeah. So we're just going to dive right into it. So we're going to get deep. So, I, you know, I've set the stage in terms of how life was at this time and, you know, what I was experiencing. And, you know, I just wanted to get real personal with you guys because I feel like it's not uncommon for us to, you know, be on a path. Things are going great. Like, you know, God, you really out here looking out for the kid. Like I'm praying, you answer my prayers, making the sacrifices, I'm showing up and shit still happens. And that's a part of life. Like it's not God's fault, it's not anybody's fault. It's like your number was called. That's a part of life. Um, but I could have never imagined what the next four years of my life was going to be like when I really learned of my father's illness. And so this was about a year and a half into building can't stay put. And I remember my father had a hospital stint and, um, I was told that, you know, he passed out, he ran out of oxygen, he was hooked up to oxygen, couldn't breathe, um, and not too much more than that. And just as some background info, my father's always been, uh, he smoked, uh, 
tobacco out of a pipe. It was a part of his look. Um, we'll get into that because please believe I definitely got into my dad's ass <laughs> about his life choices and habits, which, which contributed to, um, you know, the end of life care. But anyway, my father smoked a pipe. It was a part of his distinguished look, businessman look. But anyway, given that he had had, you know, some health issues in the past, um, but nothing chronic or nothing terminal or anything like that. And the, the issues that he had in the past, he beat, it wasn't a big deal. Um, so this go around, I get the phone call, he's sick. And I'm like, I know, you know, it's lung related. So I can imagine it's probably around, you know, um, the smoking and I, it wasn't that big of a deal at that point. Cause I didn't really understand the magnitude because at this point I had hadn't lived in Atlanta since I left for college. So my interaction with my dad, of course, I was talking to him all the time and, you know, but it was very touch and go. Cause you know, like this is your selfish best interest time, you know, you out exploring the world, exploring yourself, getting to know who you are. So although I was in constant communication with my parents, it was still, you know, not the, I see you every day. I see what you're dealing with, your health, yada, yada, yada. I was very oblivious to the reality of the situation. And at the time I was still living the nomad life and rotating between LA, Oakland, New York, and Atlanta. And at that time I was probably going to Atlanta, maybe every three or four months. And I remember after that hospital stint, like he did eventually get out of the hospital, but there was all, there was this discussion around like next steps because this is when they had officially diagnosed him with a disease called COPD, which you've probably never heard of. Um, I didn't really know what it was until, until then shit, me nor my dad knew what it was until then. It's like, they'd be coming up with new fucking diseases every other day in medicine. Anyway. COPD is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Um, in my father's case, he was stage four when we found out he probably had COPD for years and years and years. Um, what I like to describe it as is imagine running a marathon and imagine how you are breathing after your marathon and imagine having to breathe like that all the time. So you can imagine the discomfort, you can imagine the fear associated with it, right? Because you and I don't think about breathing. We just breathe. We don't think twice about it. We don't think about if perfume is going to take our breath away or cleaning is going to take your breath away. None of that. But all of those things became our new reality. And I will say we're going to get deeper into it, but it took us almost two years to learn what we were dealing with so we could reach a certain level of comfort of dealing with the disease so many near-death experiences but we ain't gonna even get there yet this is you know me coming to understand this new reality um and so that's what COPD is um the next time I went to Atlanta I you know took my dad to a doctor's appointment or two and um he was with a family member living with a family member. And I remember talking to the family member, talking to my dad, just about what we were dealing with and how this, this wasn't, um, 
this wasn't something to gloss over. Um, mind you, I'm I'm 26. Yeah, I'm 26. I'm 26. Um, I had never been to the hospital, doctor's office, you know, regular checkup. But, you know, I'm grown 26, but not like manage somebody care. A, a team of seven doctors grown yet. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, so this time home, um, I started to see that this was a lot more than I had expe- had expected. And I also realized that this was something that one of my dad's kids needed to take on because it wasn't anybody else's responsibility. And just to be fully transparent, um, my father was going through, uh, well, was on the outs of finishing or wrapping up a divorce. So he was in the rebuilding stage. And so that made this time even more critical, right? Because, I mean, we know how divorces work. I mean, shit, both parties end up broke or not broke. I wouldn't say broke, but it just takes a lot out of you going through the divorce. And I think for my father at that time, it just took a lot out of him. You know what I mean? As a businessman, you know, lawyers, the whole nine. And so he was in this rebuilding phase, um, rebuilding his life, rebuilding his business and all that kind of stuff. But he ended up getting sick in that time frame. So to kind of set the stage is like, you know, we're dealing with somewhat lack of resources, a business that's not necessarily at the height, right? And a new illness that we don't know nothing about. I'm 26. I'm on my high because I'm building can't stay put. I'm out in the world. I'm doing my thing. You know, I'm international. So I'm like, okay, I'm I'm coming through Atlanta. I see my dad. He's sick. You know, I don't really want to sit because, you know, he's still my superhero now. So I'm not even really internalizing anything chronic, anything terminal, anything, anything. It's just, okay, he he needs extra oxygen because he can't breathe. And that's that, you know. Um, but in time, I soon realized that we were dealing with a different beast. And I realized that um, this was going to be something... Well, let let me just say this. I didn't realize. I didn't know. I didn't know. I did not know what that shit was going to be like. Um, But essentially, you know, the understanding was, you know, Lauren, I need for you to help me. And that's what he said. I just need for you to help me. I need for you to help me live. Um as long as I can to get you and your siblings ready for me not to be here anymore. And um, it was just like, the fuck are we even talking about right now? Like, what are we even talking about right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and, you know, I didn't want to accept it because, mind you, I'm 26. Like, you know, I got older siblings. Um that are different places in their life. Um, and I just felt like, you know, this is my time to like build my, like build my thing. Like I'm stepping out on faith. Like what is this timing? (laughs) You know, like, bruh, like what is this timing? Um, and so 
even with us having that conversation, like I said, it's still one penetrating for real, for real. Um, and I think not until my dad had another stint in the hospital that I realized that this is real. And, you know, I can run from this. I can go back to LA. I can hop to another couch in Oakland. I can go back to New York and I can do all this shit I want to, but this is real. And so that time I went home, like, um, when I had left Atlanta that time, it was kind of like a feeling of like, well, I know I'm not going to have to be the one to do it. Somebody else going to do it. Cause I'm out here building and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I know God's going to make a way for somebody else to try to figure this out. Like I'm not stable. I'm not, but you know, in hindsight, like I tell people now is like, you know, when you're called, you're called. And being a leader has nothing to do with age. And, you know, I love my siblings and we are, you know, this is not a um, dysfunctional situation or anything like that. However, my father and his kids, we all had, you know, different relationships. And I realized that I was the best one to do it. Now, I can say that now. Then, oh, I was not fucking with it. Like, kicking and screaming. Like, this is not, mm-mm. And, you know, it's so funny now because when I, t- <laughs> when I talk about my dad, it's like always flowers and love and da-da-da-da-da. But listen, your girl was pissed, right? Because the other part about this, too, was my father got COPD because of his life choices, not because some random gene, something happened, you know, radiation or whatever. Um, And so it was hard for me because I was like, I have to make a sacrifice or I'm having to deal with this. And this is a result of him living his best life. So it was like, well, shit, like, I have to make these sacrifices because he chose to live his best life. And I say that because my mom is a two-time breast cancer survivor. And, you know, me and my mom's kids, we we work together to take care of her during that time. But something like breast cancer, you can't, there's nothing you can really do to avoid getting that, right? So the feelings that I had when my father got COPD, it was like I was mad. Because I told your ass to stop smoking a long-ass time ago. You know what I mean? Um, And so there was this anger. There's this like, God, like I'm out here building this brand. Like I'm doing the damn thing. There was this, the thoughts of like, I got older siblings. Like they need to step up. There's the thoughts of like, um, you know, this is on my dad. Like, you know, maybe if he would have lived a different life or, you know, you know, was more successful at his relationships, you know, things will be different. You know, the whole night, all of these things are going through my mind. All of these are selfish thoughts, right? Because I am 26. Your 20s are for your, you know, your selfish best interest. Um, and yeah, man, I'm just, I apologize for the pausing y'all, but like, I'm just reminiscing about that time. And like that young 26 year old who was, didn't know just really didn't know 
Um, and I think shit got real when the next time I went home and my dad was in the hospital and he was on the ventilator and essentially the doctors were like, you know, with this COPD, your dad's going to continue to have these exacerbations and there's going to be a time where he goes on the ventilator. He's not going to be able to get off. And we can't really tell you when, what, you know, like it varies because the other thing about COPD, like people can live a long time. If you can catch it early, you can stabilize your situation, live a certain type of way, have some money, like you can manage it. Um, but we were past that. We stage four, you know, like, um, and we'll talk about the bullshit ass healthcare system at another time and why we should have probably found out when he was stage one, stage two, or even fucking stage three. But I digress. Um, so anyway, um, I think things started to hit the fan when, you know, my father was on the ventilator. It's like, okay, this is real. Like, holy shit. Um, holy shit. You know what I mean? You start to see like the roles in your mind start to reverse of like, this has been my hero my whole life. And I'm having to see this man need me like it is a mind fuck. Um, and I apologize for my language, but I already told y'all on the, the intro trailer that we're going to be cussing. So I feel like I don't need to really apologize like that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, you know, that transition of like seeing your parents like that, it, it's a very hard pill to swallow. And I think you don't even really accept it at first. I mean, because there's plenty of other experiences down the line that we're going to get to that sealed the deal. And I was, you know, clearly understanding what we were dealing with. But this phase, like it probably took, I would say. Shit, almost six months to a year for me to fully. Fully accept what was going on, because at that time I was like, okay, well. I don't have to stop what I'm doing or even really rearrange my life like that. I just need to spend maybe like, you know, two or three months really focused on finding a, you know, a place to, for him to live. You get the insurance in order, healthcare, you know, all of those little things in order. Dog, three months turned into fucking four years. Okay. Not me consistently living in Atlanta, but just, that process in itself right because on in the initial stages it was just like all right got this disease we need to figure out you know how to get you a comfortable place living all right cool but then it became oh he's not gonna live forever like okay then now we gotta do succession planning now we up against the clock and then all these other things started to happen um that I'll dive deeper into in the next episode but I will say that um, as I reminisce about that time, I'm happy I didn't know. I'm happy I did not know what was ahead because I don't know if I would have um, showed up. The I would say that was probably like going through and people out there who have ever taken care of a loved one or been a caregiver, CNAs or whatever, you already know. Um, but 
taking on and being somebody's caregiver, electing to do that and electing to physically like watch somebody essentially die slowly. And if it's somebody like a parent, you legit are dying with them. And that was one of the reasons why I did not fully want to accept it. And I took a while to accept it because it was just like, no, when good things happen to me, I want to relish in the good things that happen to me and not remember that I have this dark cloud over my shoulder. Um, But after a while, I just had to learn how to live with it. And I lived with a dark cloud for four, four years. Um, But, you know, I, I, I think what I really want to convey to you guys is that, you know, all of this is God's plan. You can be at the top of whatever. And I don't even think I was at the top of my game. Like I was just getting like getting warm. Like, like, oh, you gave me a little taste. Like I'm about to run with this baton. Like it's about to get lit and shit. Somebody dropped the baton before it got in my hand. Really? Dog, y'all don't even want to know how pissed I was. And, and then in a way, as I'm thinking about it, I almost feel ashamed that it that I was mad and angry at my dad and that it took me a while to fall in line. But I'm human. And, you know, I was 20 fucking six. It's selfish ass people that are like 80. Like I'm 26. You know what I mean? I have to extend myself grace. Um, but I will say that it was a very hard thing because none of my peers had to deal with something that heavy. And I will also say it's something to be said for somebody that is still alive, that's dying, and you're having to physically take care of them versus somebody immediately dying. I feel like dealing with the grief of immediacy is out of this world. I've never had to deal with it. But also there is something to be said for years of dealing with death, hospitals, um, medication, doctors, like it is, it's heavy. You know what I mean? And I don't want to compare one as worse or not. Um, but they're just different. And I, I want to dive into that because, you know, a lot of us don't know what other people are out here dealing with. And I will also tell you too, is like, you know, if you've never been in this situation, keep on living. You are somebody's child. You are somebody's grandchild. You are somebody's sister, brother, whatever. Keep on living. Because one thing that is for sure is that we all going to die. And I think the reality is we always think about, you know, retirement, like getting old. You don't think about getting old and sick. That's a whole nother ball game. A whole nother ball game. Um, but anyway, I know I'm giving you a mouthful, mouthful rather, and we done took it a little deep. We're going to take a little break. Um, then I'm gonna come back and wrap it up. All right, so we back. So I know got a little heavy, a little tears. Um, and it's probably gonna be a little more because we got to dive a little bit deeper before we get back to the happy days. Um, but there's lessons here. And, you know, I will say that, you know, my father asking me to help him live as long as possible to get me and my siblings ready. Like it's probably one of the greatest honors I've ever, one of the greatest honors ever looking back. You know what I mean? Like I am so incredibly blessed to have been asked. And what we're going to do on the next episode is dive into like what that really was a beautiful struggle. Oh, it was hard. 
And it's easy for me to say how beautiful it is today and smile and crack jokes and cuss and all that kind of shit. But your girl was going through it, okay? Through it. So anyway, without further ado, I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Walk Around Knowledge Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like this. Make sure you share it. Make sure you tell your mama and your mama's mama's friend to pull up um, because we're going to get deep. You know what I mean? Like some of you know this story, but we going pretty sure I'm going to drop some gems that you don't know. So I'll see you next week. 